0: I have a whole report in HubSpot that walks me through who's listening to our podcast, what companies. So I can actually go and say, hey, sales team, these people are on our podcast listening. You need to go follow up with them and see if they're interested. I have reports that show me people who listen to the podcast versus people who don't listen to the podcast. Sales velocity. How long does a deal take to close if someone listens to our podcast? Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's really cool. It's awesome, and spoiler alert, it's shorter because people are interested in the conversations that we're having because we're talking to other humans about these exact problems that people are facing.
1: If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the show. I have today with me Holly Pels. Holly Pels is the VP of Marketing at Casted. And prior to Casted, she was Director of Marketing at Emersys, which is a Series B SaaS acquired by SAP. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We got a lot to cover. Yeah, we do. I'm excited. We just kind of like started talking, chatting. I didn't want to go too far into it, but I'm really excited to talk to you because Casted, so founded in 2019, which seems like very recently, right? It's already 58 people strong, based out of Indianapolis in Indiana, has Series A funding, 9.5 million. And so the growth has been pretty quick, it seems like, right? Let me tell folks what Casted is about. So it's the first amplified marketing platform. And we'll get into what does amplified marketing actually mean. And the only audio and video podcast solution designed for enterprise marketers. So with Casted, marketers can unlock the power of audio and video by giving your organization access to use your most valuable content across every channel. And what I find most fascinating and critical here is you can actually prove the ROI of your audio and video content. We'll dive into that a little bit more, like how? How do you do this? How mm-hmm. do you prove the ROI <laughs> of your content marketing efforts? But let me just mention that customers include PayPal, OpenView, Salesforce, HubSpot, Off 0 ZoomInfo, Drift, and many more. So let's jump in because we have a lot to cover. First, let's, I think it's important to talk about amplified marketing and let's just, can you explain, can you help me understand, help the listeners understand what do you mean when you say
0: amplified marketing? Yeah, it's a great question because everyone wants to know, right? If you're going to come out and say that you're an amplified marketing platform, what does that mean? Amplified marketing is really, it's the next generation of content marketing. So if you think about content marketing, um, and obviously you're very well in tune with that, you have a podcast, you do lots of different things. We've had the same playbook for probably 15, 20 years, but the industry has vastly changed. The way that we as marketers are measured, the things that we are doing are completely different. There is a pressure to feel like you can attribute revenue to content and it's not very easy. And so On top of that, the playbooks usually center around net new content. So we as marketers, especially content marketers, are overwhelmed with the amount of content that we have to create to fuel every portion of the business, every part of marketing. And Amplified Marketing really kind of simplifies that and just says it's a lot more about creating really good content. So it's kind of solving that quality, quantity argument that you see constantly, creating good content that you can reuse, repurpose across channels across formats, across you know uh, different departments. And we say it kind of starts the conversation because like all good marketing, humans are the most important part of it. So Amplified Marketing is taking a conversation like a podcast or a video interview or even an interview that you have no intention of publishing and letting that be the center and letting experts speak for your brand through your content and then using that to amplify it across channels, across formats and reach the audience kind of hopefully at the right time in the right moment, in the moment they prefer.
1: That sounds like a dream. I think that like what you're describing of there's like this way of doing marketing, this content marketing, and always putting together net new content to fuel every part of the business, like that's gotten a lot harder, right? And I do want to say that I think there's both Yes, we hear in conversation, like quality versus quantity, what's more important? I hear some people talk about quality is more important. Some people say like both, you need to do both today, right? But I think that startups do understand this idea. Like the ones that I talk to understand like audio and video is so important. And like becoming a media powerhouse is so important. Like that seems to be table stakes for startup marketing these days. We know it's important, But we also know that it's hard to do probably for like small startups with a lean team. It's hard to do as you get bigger, as you have more people and how to like organize these people to get that done. And then it's also hard to prove the ROI of the content like for a podcast downloads versus, you know, downloads is not as is not going to convince the CEO to like continue doing it. Right. Versus how is this actually bringing money into the business so that you can put more budget into it, more resources into it. So what do you recommend for like, what's the process you recommend? Like you're saying there's this playbook from 10, 20 years ago, but we have this new playbook now. What's your recommendation on how to actually get this done when you're either a startup with a lean team or like larger enterprise company?
0: Yeah. And, We are obviously a startup with a lean team. And in fact, I was the first marketer at Casted. So I felt this pain. And if you come into a company that says we're going to do things differently, you have to do things differently. (laughs) We're going to sell that product. So from a perspective of being a small lean team, I actually think this is the smarter way to go because starting with audio and video content, it translates a lot better into written content versus the other way around, right? If you start with written content and so like the playbooks we're talking about yesteryear really center really heavy around SEO and SEO is so important. And I would not say that we don't continue doing that. We do continue doing that. It's important Um, But I think it's evolved. SEO is a lot more like a channel that you can turn on and off, right? It shouldn't be the basis of your strategy. It's almost like paid ads, right? You can have this channel that helps you drive organic traffic queries to your website to then convert them, but it's not going to be the thing. Let's stop writing content for search engines and saying that that's good content, right? Like nobody believes that anymore, right? So trying to do that as the sole way that you think that you're then going to create good content is a silly notion. It's just never going to happen that way. And if you start with audio and video, and to be clear, um, that can be very daunting, right? To say, let's go start a podcast or let's go start a video series. But if you just start with just talking to people, you know, any small business I've ever worked at, usually you have a founder, a product leader who is really well-versed in what we are doing in the market and the person that you are trying or the people that you are trying to reach And so they have all of this knowledge that's untapped, that's unlike, you know, if you were to go do your own research out in the interwebs or go find different things. And so why wouldn't you utilize that expertise to help you drive a content strategy that actually speaks to your audience? So before, instead of thinking, um, you know, you could go do keyword research and say, I want to start with keywords because I know that this is what people are searching for. But instead of writing content, why wouldn't you go have conversations about those topics and then turn that into, you know, we're having a conversation today. That's all that this is. You might clean it up, you might cut some stuff up, you might slap some cool transitions into it, but you're going to upload it and then you're probably going to transcribe it or do different things with it that you can then chop up and use to promote on LinkedIn. You could publish this to YouTube, which is also a search channel. Like, There's all sorts of different ways you can better utilize a single piece of content if you start with the audio and video piece rather than the other way around. So I'd say that that's the first piece. So it's kind of identifying, you know, who are you doing it for? What are the topics that they're interested in? And then who do you have in your network or your arsenal that you can go and have conversations with that can help you create that content? I think the other piece of it is understanding what content exists for you. You know, what content do you already have that can fuel some of these conversations, can pepper these conversations? You know, when you think about content strategy at a big organization. And so I'm actually going to trickle now into an enterprise solution, right? If you think about a big organization that has, you know, the company I came from before, Marxist, I was the head of content marketing. And we had 17 offices across the world. We had people pouring content to all different types. We had different shows. We had different things people were doing. It's really hard to keep track of that, right? And as the person who's supposed to be governing, this is what content should look like. This is what brand message should be. You know, if you have one place that you can look at that and a central source of truth to then send and say, this is the piece that you can work off of instead of everybody doing their own thing in their own market, it makes localization. It makes translating so much easier because there's a starting point versus the other way around. And if you have those conversations, it's not as easy, you know, if we were to have this conversation in English and I need to go translate it to French, not the same, right? But people in the French office can go and have that same conversation, right? They can go talk to their thought leaders about because also the French market is probably going to buy differently. So the conversation is probably going to be different. So if you start from that, you're immediately making it easier on the content marketer to distribute this content, to make it valuable to the market and to make it more resourceful.
1: Can I ask you real quick? I'm sorry. If So when you say one central source of truth, and this is a piece you can work off of, can you give me like an example of what you mean? Is that like a podcast episode? Is that like a theme? Like, what does that actually
0: look like? Yeah, I would say it's probably a theme. So I would think about from like a content strategy standpoint, you would probably have a theme for the quarter that's apples, right? And you know that you need to cover... Gala apples and Honeycrisp apples and apple pie and all of these different topics to kind of fill out the campaign that you're going to go and do all these different things for to help drive webinar attendance, to help talk to people at events, to help do all these different things that are fueling marketing activity. So if you have that starting point, having those conversations and turning it into you know quality content that then you can pivot into other pieces works a lot easier if you're starting from the same point instead of everybody kind of saying... I want to do apple pie. I want to do honey crisp, which is the best apple, if we're being honest. I think that's the piece there that is really important that, especially from a content perspective, it's like if everybody's off theme, if everybody's all over the place, and I would say most marketing organizations that I have worked in have worked off of themes, right? Even if it's like a large theme for the year and then there's sub-themes, there's some kind of source of truth that you're looking up to, and whether that comes from product or it comes from the CEO, um, there's a point of reference there that you can work off of. And then there's ways to turn that into things that are actually digestible for each market or each team that's working on these things.
1: Okay. And then from there, you can turn that into whatever it is, whether it's like, this is what we're going to talk about at this event, or this is what we're going to talk about on this podcast episode, et cetera.
0: Yeah. And I would even say like, you could even start it from Something I used to do at Amarsis is a global company. I think it's really easy to say that. It's it's much easier in my life at Cassid because we're all in indie and it's it's a much smaller company. So I have easier access to the experts. I'm also the target market. So like I have a lot of knowledge about, you know, what we're trying to do and who we're trying to sell to. But at Amarsis, we were selling into e-commerce B2C. So consumers, a lot more companies that were selling to consumers. So B2B for B2C, which is really convoluted there. And our founders were all over the world. So one was in Tel Aviv, one was in Vienna, one was here. And so getting conversations with them or hearing their input or hearing their expertise was a lot more difficult. So what we would do is I would schedule once a month a like two to three hour meeting where I would ask them a bunch of questions and they would download things for me. And then I would take that information and we would go turn that into stuff for content so that when we could distribute to say hey this is the direction the product is going this quarter they really want us to focus on this this is some of the stuff we got let's go do a research report on this let's go do an ebook on this let's go do a really fun one pager that the team can turn into a giveaway at this roadshow that we're going to so starting with the conversation and i think the interesting point about you know amplified marketing as we talk about it, is it, it doesn't have to be podcasts, right? It can be any source of truth. It's just what you do with that information and how you distribute it across channels and formats.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Really just like the process is interview, ask the questions, and you can turn that stuff into whatever you need, especially like written. It's a lot easier to do it. Correct.
0: Cool. And the hope here is that, you know, content marketers, you know, in honesty are overworked, under budgeted, undervalued, We just did a content report where we interviewed 100 content marketers about all the formats and things that they're doing. And one of the questions was, how much time do you spend creating content a week? And it was the average answer was 33 hours. And that's one small part of a job. If you go look at the job board for a content marketer, that is a minuscule part of the thing that you are expected to do. Distribution, measurement strategy there's so many more things that fall into that person's lap so if you can find a way to streamline that it's going to make you it's gonna make you happier i think as a marketer but also make your team more efficient and make you hopefully you know more your content more effective
1: Let's talk about ROI, because that is also something that content marketers have in their job description, right? They're not just writing and especially like the higher up you go, right? If you're like heading up content marketing, if you're director of content marketing, you have to talk about like, what are your goals? What's your marketing plan? What's your content plan? And are you hitting those goals? What are the KPIs that you're looking at? So How do you tie content to ROI? How do you more easily prove ROI? Can you talk a little bit
0: more about that and maybe how Casted helps with that? Yeah, so what a tricky thing, right? We laugh a lot sometimes about coming from that world and still being in that world, right? Because it's not an easy fix across all formats, right? Because even if you look at the expectations of a blog post that you posted about Apple's, right? With the intention to drive traffic. It's not a linear process, right? Like we know that about content marketing. Content is not created to be a sole lead driver. It is created to, for brand awareness, it is created to elevate founders, to elevate experts. It is created to capture leads. It's created to convert customers. There's all sorts of ways that we actually look at how is content effective and what's the ROI of content. But again, it's not linear. So, a lot of the content that we talk about. So, if we start talking about podcasts, most people, if you ask them, What are you doing with your podcast? their answers are probably going to be for brand awareness, right? Because they're putting it out there, they're sending it to the world, they're syndicating, and that's kind of all they're doing with it. They're just sending it out to channels, moving on to the next episode and doing something with it. But podcasts take time and effort. Even if we're just having this conversation, right? We just talked about there's probably a little editing that goes in into it. There's booking of guests, there's prepping, you know, you sent me a brief with all the questions that you wanted to talk through information about what the show was about. Like there is work that goes into a podcast. It's not as singular as this. So when you start to say, okay, what's the return on all this time that you're spending on it? It's a really hard question to answer. And we had this problem at Amarsis. So we actually had a podcast. We had all these things. We were getting great download numbers, but the CEO literally said, this is awesome. But What's it doing to the bottom line? What is it doing to impact, you know, meetings and revenue and this? And we couldn't answer it. That's actually why our CEO left, or our head of, her title, VP of brand and content, I think. She left to start this company, at Cassid, because she said there has to be a better way to take content and the content that we're creating and actually show some value, show some ROI, right? In order to do that, there are lots of ways you can do that from a podcasting perspective, you know, that are not directly tied to Casted, though Casted makes it easier because of the way that we have built the system, the things, um, the integrations that we have. I have a whole report in HubSpot that walks me through who's listening to our podcast, what companies. So I can actually go and say, hey, sales team, these people are on our podcast listening. You need to go follow up with them and see if they're interested. I have reports that show me people who listen to the podcast versus people who don't listen to the podcast. Sales velocity. How long does a deal take to close if someone listens to our podcast? Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's really cool. It's awesome. And spoiler alert, it's shorter because people are interested in the conversations that we're having because we're talking to other humans about these exact problems that people are facing. Wow, that's awesome. Right? So as soon as they start hearing this and they hear our customers or another person talk about like, well, I solved it this way. It becomes like, oh, okay, I want to learn more and I want to hear more about it.
1: It's not just podcasts though,
0: right? It's like any content, if I'm not mistaken. We have podcast and video. Our written content piece is more so you pull stuff in. So, and this is to help you. We actually have a tool called Themes, which actually helps you with planning and strategizing. So you can actually input apples and it's going to pull in every piece of content that you have that relates to apples. And it's going to tell you, How is it performing? Is it a top clip? Um, Does it have top clips? Is there, are there different things that people are interacting with? So you can decide, should I resurface this to redistribute it? Should I repurpose it in some way? This topic is probably resonating with people. So that's a really cool thing that also helps us understand what is our audience really interested in? Like what are the the episodes, the topics, the guests that are really driving interest with our customers and with our prospects so that we can kind of understand, should we continue content like this? Should we pivot? Should we rethink how we're doing the show? And it's not just tied to downloads, right? It's not just tied to these metrics that like we think are what matters, but also Download metrics are weird because downloads and listens, you can have a download, but nobody listens to it because people subscribe. And so they count those. And so it's it's a really big black box, which is a problem when you are a B2B marketer or a B2C marketer and you are being tied to revenue numbers. It's it's metrics, expectations of marketers have continued to grow. The more data we get, the more pressure that is put on us to prove ROI, but the tools and strategies that we have are the same and don't help us (laughs) make that more clear. So Casted helps do a lot of those things. I would also say, you know, one thing that we did before we had Casted was we actually hosted our podcasts onto landing pages within our blog. So we talk a lot about owning your audience. What that means is that Instead of just syndicating onto channels, right, instead of just sending things out in the world, it would be like only hosting all of your content on social media. You can't control third party. You can't control the things that are happening. You can't control the decisions that Apple makes. You can't control the decisions Facebook makes. All of these different things, but you can control what your website is and how it's portraying to people. And so having it there is one step closer to then starting to understand from an analytics perspective, from a, are leads converting on these pages? Are there different opportunities for conversions so that you can actually start to see, are these topics, are these pieces of content actually impacting what we are doing by bringing us the things that we need, i.e. leads, meetings, revenue?
1: Fascinating. All right. So it can be done, whether you have casted or you don't have casted, you have given some insight into how it can be done. And I'm curious, what have you learned? Like you have access to all this data, right? And you've got different clients. Obviously I mentioned at the start, like PayPal, OpenView, Salesforce, HubSpot. What have you learned in terms of content and how it impacts the bottom line. Like any insights, any cool things that you found out? Any maybe you guys have put together like a report
0: or a white paper or something about this? What's funny is this is in the works. We are actually starting to tap, we just hired a data analyst because we said we have so much data. We have to look at some of these things. So we don't have any, I don't have any necessarily like really good things to clean. I think the most interesting thing that we have seen, because we said earlier, we're a relatively new company. So been in business three years or going into our third birthday in April. And we have grown a lot and we have seen a really big push into like early adopters being very interested in what we're doing and the things that were happening, especially in the tech space. And I think the most interesting thing that we're seeing is how differently people use podcasting. It's not a one size fits all. And it's such an interesting concept because people get in their head, I can't do a podcast because they think it's serial or they think it's this, but I have so many customers right now. We have so many prospects who are using podcasting in a way that suits them and their audience. And I think it just goes to show you what a good format this is to do whatever you want it to do with your audience, as long as your audience is willing to listen, right? We had one customer who took an entire virtual event and transitioned it into casted in 24 hours to then distribute it in a really different way. That was really, really interesting just to see, especially the last two years of COVID, right? People are missing events. They are missing the opportunity to have people on stages. And we've had several customers who said, we came to you because we needed to start a podcast to have a place for our thought leader to kind of spout off in a way and to get that stage and the way that they have grown that audience and used it as a tool to kind of do that thought leadership instead of getting people on stages which can be expensive which can be time consuming is really fascinating
1: i love that because it resonates with me like that's why i started the podcast is because i wasn't waiting for like you know a pr firm to pick me up or TechCrunch or like you know that's sort of what i talk to startups about is like don't wait for somebody to pick you up and talk about you do it yourself get on your own stage we have the tools to do it so i think of podcasting as like that stage and that platform and people come on just like you because they want to get on the stage and they want to talk to the audience that we're building here together. And I think of social media as like, that's your booth at the conference. You don't really have to go to that conference anymore. Set up your booth on social media and share the content that you're creating with your podcast. So just like some examples of how the old world used to look where we're spending so much money to get on that real physical stage versus how the new world looks like this is the stage. We are here. We are on the stage. We are talking. People are listening. Audience is growing, right? And you don't have to pay $25,000 to go to that conference and let people know about your expertise.
0: It's the best. It's the greatest.
1: (laughs) It is the greatest, right? Like uncovering that it was just like mind blowing. Yeah. And so thank you. I appreciate you sharing. And I can't wait to learn more once you have more insights to share about the data that you guys have in your arsenal and the person that you'll hire to look through and pour through that data and find some nuggets of information. Tell me about the marketing team. Who's in charge of what? Who's on Casted's marketing team?
0: Sure. So I have a team of, so I obviously VP think a lot about budget strategy overall, working with the founders, working with product team to kind of cast vision and then understand how we're we gonna take that to market. Um, on my team, I have a head of brand, um, and he has a team of kind of a marketing specialist who handles social media, different aspects of that, PR, and we have a designer. They're also responsible for events. So we look at events in a really interesting way because we're utilizing events a lot more for brand awareness and amplification of our message of Amplify. I have a product marketer. And she helps me kind of be the liaison between product and customer so we can kind of understand what's working. How are we going to drive demand for this product? How are we going to message it? How are we going to position it? I have a demand gen marketer who is responsible for obviously driving demand, but helping us kind of be in everyone's faces and then convert that. And then I have a content marketer. So the soul, we, we constantly refer to him as, you know, the hero. There are no heroes, but he's the person that we're solving issues for. And we're trying to look at and say, how can we make your life better and more seamless and easier, especially as a team of one? in the interim.
1: That sounds like a really nice sized team for series A, right? Cuz you've got your head of brand, you've got your demand gen, you got your content, you got your marketing specialist that does social media events, you got your designer, then you have you. I mean, that is a good sized team for series A. I just want to
0: call that out. Yeah, I'm very lucky. There's a very big investment in marketing at Casted um, because we're trying to reach marketers. So, you know, there's there has to be a lot of nuances. There, we have to self-reflect very often on is this working, is this not? And we need a team to do that. Otherwise, it's difficult. I know I did it by myself.
1: <laughs> That's hard, right? Because I'm sure you were kind of like doing it all at that point. You did not have this team at your disposal to help with all sorts of things. No, no, no. Okay, great. We'll talk about that soon. Let's first talk about your 2022. We're well into 2022. It's crazy scary how fast things are moving. But what's your marketing plan for this year? How are you thinking about budget? How are you thinking about like what marketing channels top the list? And if you say podcast, I will... Nod my head. (laughs) That makes sense.
0: (laughs) That is it. Yeah. That's our whole strategy. But we are lucky we are in an offset fiscal. So we're only a month into 2022. So I am not that far behind yet, which feels pretty good going into it. And I really, we just finalized a lot of things and plans for this year. But kind of the name of the game for us this year is there's obviously a big initiative in every one of those departments. You know, our goals are to book meetings, to drive revenue, to do all these different things. And the way that we're getting there has a lot to do with some really traditional things. You know, so thinking about turning our website into a demand center, we're revisiting that, we're revisiting messaging, we're getting tighter on how we're talking about what we're doing, what we're doing, solutions that we offer so that we can go to market a lot faster and we can help our SDR team and our sales team go to market a lot faster and get, you know, the meetings that we need because I think it's pretty. We know because we own the product, we see the product that when people get in and see the product, you know, it is wow. Like, oh, I've never seen something like this before. But before you get there, that's the challenge of marketing, right? You got to get the meetings. You got to get people to say yes. And so we've done over the last year, a lot of testing and a lot of trialing to kind of figure out what's working and what's sticking with our audience base. So we're going to do a big project there to kind of overhaul the website and turn that into a bigger tool for us, a bigger channel of predictable pipeline Events are going to be a big play for us, but not, I said this earlier, not necessarily in the traditional sense. We are a company who talks a lot about reusing and repurposing. So we are doing on top of some of the normal events that we feel like we need to be at because you need to be at them, right? The B2B maxes of the world, the content marketing world, the inbounds. We're actually doing a roadshow where we're going to go to three different cities and we're going to have a content session followed by a networking session, and the content session is going to be recorded. And then we're going to repurpose it later in the year for a virtual conference. So a virtual event that then we'll kind of show people, look, just because you had an event and you did this content, it doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel for something later, because that's a really important picture for us. It's really important for our content marketer to be able to reuse, repurpose do all these different things. Content will be a big thing. We did a content report this year. Last year, they went really well. So we have plans to refresh it. We're going to do some typical lead magnets, as they say. And we have, I believe, two new podcasts in the works that we will launch this year because shows are really important to us, but also evolving the shows and changing them and seeing kind of what works. Because as I said earlier, you know, we want to be our best use case and we want to show people that it's okay to kind of take a show, make it successful get it to a point and then say, okay, we're going to sunset that show and try something new because we've said all we've needed to say, or we've gotten it to a point that, you know, we don't want to just create content for content's sake. So we have a couple new shows that we are going to launch this year that then we will reuse and repurpose into lots of different things for casting.
1: Does that mean that you have a podcast and you're shutting that one down to start the two new
0: ones? Nope. It means we have evolved it. So we have a few shows. There's only one show that we've actually sunsetted. The other two, we have one called the Casted Podcast, and that was kind of our flagship show. But it got to a point where it would make a lot more sense for us to create a show that talks about what we do from an amplified marketing standpoint. So we actually took our CEO, who's incredibly, she's incredibly charismatic, but she was just born to interview. She was born for podcasting. So we've transitioned her to our Amplified Marketing Podcast so that she can focus on the strategies and kind of the bigger picture vision, talking with leaders about some of those things and the way that they're changing content marketing. And we evolved the Casted Podcast into a place where we only talk to customers. So we actually use it. We just had one an hour ago where we did a live podcast with a customer and we talk about how are they using podcasting and video to drive their content strategy. And then we turn it into a podcast and then we distribute it in that way. So we get kind of two things out of it, right? We get the leads that we might need or, you know, the interests of people, but then we also get to distribute to our audience in a way that they might prefer to listen to it. So that is great. The other two are getting a little bit more nuanced into, you know, we have a team full of marketers. You said earlier, we have a a hefty team and they have interesting backgrounds and we are a target market and we're not talking to ourselves enough and we're not talking to people who are sitting in our positions enough. We're really focused on marketing leaders. And so... One show is going to focus a lot more on the person doing the job. And then the other show is a little bit more visionary. So we'll continue on. They're a really important part. At one time, we had this dream that every person in the company would touch a podcast in some capacity. But as the team grows, that becomes nearly impossible. So we just settle with a few.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Well, it's still a lot. Like podcasting does sound like it is core to your marketing strategy, right? You're going to be spending a lot of time and thought and energy on that because that's what you believe in. You believe in the video and the audio and then turning that into you know different pieces of content, chopping it up, putting it out across channels. So it makes a lot of sense and the website when you say traditional stuff like website i think today has become even more important because website is kind of representing your sales team without your sales team having to be there right and so your website needs to almost like help get the person that comes to visit there to that place of like i totally want this i want to talk to a salesperson right? Versus somebody cold calling, right? And like, they're cold calling, the person has no idea what you're even talking about and doesn't even want to talk to you has no idea that they even have a problem with this or may want to venture into this. It's not a good place to be in.
0: So it is not, you know, we talk a lot, I'm sure as every marketing team does about like predictable pipelines. So how do we drive predictable channels? How do we figure those out? And in reality, the only predictable channels in my opinion that are direct so direct to meetings not you know around the thing we have this conversion rate and we know if we dump this many leads in we'll get this many meetings is really like organic search so making sure that you are actually ranking and targeting words that are intent keywords that actually align to your product And your website, right? Your website is the best tool to convert meetings because if you have a drift bot or if you have different ways to pull people in, those are the things that you can actually pull levers on and see a change versus, I mean, you can go dump a bunch of money into ads, but you can't expect the same return there, especially in the market that we're in right now where everybody's doing ads because events are far and few between. So where are people getting leads? Where are people getting the traffic that they need? a lot of it is from there. And so there's a lot of people competing for the same attention. And so I think it's incredibly important that you think of that as kind of your demand center outside of other initiatives that you're thinking about bringing people to the website, obviously, but that's the conversion tool.
1: You also mentioned something that I don't necessarily love the term lead magnet because that makes me think of like lead is just sounds so robotic, doesn't sound like a person. And magnet also sounds like it belongs in like the robot world, right? Or like metal, pieces of metal, it's just very cold. So I don't love the term lead magnet, but I'd love to hear more around like what themes, what's your content about? What do you think is going to entice people to visit your website or talk to
0: a salesperson? Yeah, don't tell my CEO I said lead magnet. She'd be very against that.
1: Oh, she doesn't (laughs) like that term either. It just sounds so like... It doesn't belong in the human... The human to human marketing. Yeah.
0: Yes, but it is some of it is a necessary evil for doing what you need to do, right? The themes that we're have thinking about, we started the new year with a state of the content marketer report. So it was actually um, research that we did last year with a firm to do a survey of content marketers. So we surveyed 100 content marketers and broke that down into a incredibly deep, actionable report. It's maybe one of my favorite pieces of content I have ever created as a marketer just because it felt so near and dear to my heart as being someone who sat in these shoes and seeing that and knowing the things that we're trying to solve for, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and say, we're going to ask these questions and we hope they're going to align to the thing that we're solving for. And it did. And so it kind of, you know, made us feel like we're going in the right direction. We're doing the right thing from a user perspective. The next piece we're going to do is we have a lot of work to do on the education of what is amplified marketing. Like we're very aware of it. We know that it's an uphill battle to educate people on it. So we're actually putting out a guide about amplified marketing that includes checklists for how you can do what we've been talking about within each area. So you can better understand how you can utilize it, how you can measure it, how other people are doing it. Like some of our customers, some of the examples that they're using as a way to bring people in. And then our third target and big piece is actually going to be metrics. So a big solution we are going to continue solving for this year as a company and as a product revolves a lot around return on investment. So thinking a lot about how our marketers measure it and how can you, some of the things that we've talked about today, how can you actually break that down and see? And so this is probably where we'll pull in some of that benchmark data that we talked about earlier, but that is likely a beginning of Q2 initiative.
1: Okay, this all sounds really relevant and helpful as a content marketer myself. And like, I will want to check this stuff out for sure. And the people listening in, I'm sure, whether it's their teams or they're working on it themselves, this is fascinating stuff. All right, so let's talk about challenges. What would you say are your top challenges right now? Your Series A. You've got a lot of people on the team, which is actually a pretty good thing, right? Robust marketing team. What would you say are your top challenges?
0: I think our challenges right now, educating people on amplified marketing. It's really bold to come out and say, hey, we got a new methodology and we think you should do it. And we think you should change it. And we're the next generation of content marketing. I fully believe that and I fully believe in what we are doing here and what we are seeing. But there's a lot of education that goes into that. And for even as robust a team as we are, all of the different channels and places that you have to hit that and get in front of people and talk about it is a lot. And so it can be incredibly challenging. um, And we're trying to find really interesting, unique ways to do that while also serving the other goals that we have. Which is why, you know, you hear me saying we're going to reuse and repurpose road shows so that we can do an event so that we can capture more people and we can get them on board with some of the things that we're doing and educate them. Um, we're working really closely with our customer success team about how do we educate customers on this process and these things that they're doing because they're excited about it. They're bought in, but they need more help on, okay, this is different than what I've done before. So teach me how we need to do this and how I should be measuring it and things like that. So that's the big challenge for us. It's also a challenge. We are a company who, you know, we are really known in the market right now for podcasting. But we are so much more than that. When you think about, you know, the themes that I talked about earlier, we have insights, which is where you can see who's actually listening to your podcast with kind of some actionable data, how things are performing. It it excels outside of podcasting, right? And so kind of breaking into a, you know, we're more of a content marketing suite in a say than just one piece of it is something that we're really working towards, which is why we are looking at messaging and overhauling the website and looking at ways that we can make our message clearer and more deliberate so that people kind of understand what we're doing versus trying to marketing, jargon them to death.
1: Okay, are you creating a new category with this amplified marketing?
0: We are, but like we're doing it in self mode. So like we announced it, we made it a thing, we made it a deal, but you know, like I'm not going to analysts yet, I'm not doing that because there's still a lot of things that we're figuring out in our background, but we're taking the time to educate people and to talk about it so that we can, you know, lay the groundwork for it.
1: And I don't think that there's like this one process when you're working on category design, category creation, there's not like, oh, if we do it, step one is this, step two is this. I think what you're doing is like educating the market. That's the most important thing. You're creating a movement around this new way. That's the old way. And there's this new way and creating a narrative around it and helping people and educating people. And that is harder But I'm excited to hear this because I'm hearing like when you are a startup that is like completely changing how things work in the world today, disrupting, disruptive startup.
0: Mm, Oh, a disruptor. Yeah,
1: disruptor, right? You're disrupting. You have to almost like come up with like, what are you doing now that's new and teach me, teach me so I understand
0: how to do it. So it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yes, it is a big part of it. You know, we actually just in my board and it's talking about what are our goals for the year? What are we focusing on strategically for the year? And it's very heavy brand. It is very heavy demand, but category creation is a piece of that. But the way that we're getting to category creation is a lot more about education and filters a lot more into brand. So, you know, us talking about using events in a pretty interesting way, it's not necessarily so that we're at a booth and we're standing leads. It's a lot more about how can we get Lindsay on a stage and how can we get her to talk and to see it? Because when we get her on a stage, people are like, yeah, That's it. I feel that. But it's not, you know, speaking of, like, we can do it all day from our amplification standpoint. But it's also very helpful to get in front of the people who are, you know, making the decisions and buying the things to get them bought in as well.
1: That's right. Okay, so the CEO, you've mentioned her a quite a bit. And it's so interesting. She left to start this company because she's like, we need to figure out a way to make it clear that podcasts drive revenue, right? Podcasts connect to revenue. This, it's fascinating. The CEO says, Holly, she says this about you. Holly is a unicorn. This is a point where I want to bring back, like you went from director of marketing to VP of marketing. What would you say were those crucial things you did that led to the promotion?
0: Yeah, I would say, I mean, I was the sole marketer coming in. I love that I'm a unicorn. I know that's on my LinkedIn. It's my favorite <laughs> quote that I've ever seen on a LinkedIn recommendation. I was like, yes, I am. You know, I came in and I, you know, built a marketing engine and I did it kind of solo for a while. So I came in, my background is content. So it was pretty interesting to come in and be a voice of, I literally just came from this problem. So listen to me built something tried to turn us into our best use case so as i said instead of sitting and doing a traditional content marketing plan which would have been you know sitting around and bubbling and ideating i actually went through the content that already existed so that all the podcasts so that i could try to find common threads and themes and things that i was hearing that people were feeling were problems or solutions and kind of turn that into different narrative pieces and different things that we could do to show people that you can do lots of different stuff with podcasts and kind of building it from that standpoint. And that being a starting point really helped me get a better grasp on, you know, what are we trying to solve for? Who, you know, should we be talking to the different things that are doing? And I built a team. So I built a pretty, I would say, good strategy. It's always weird to say what led you to promotion. I did great. That's why but I'm a big part of you know, what we built from a marketing engine standpoint. Is there still work to be done? Of course, of course, we are a startup. There are lots of things to happen, but you know, I was a big part of working towards the metrics we needed for series A, as was any other person on the revenue team. We have three two years in a row, which is always good for investors and a happy accident. I made do with very little budget and I was very strategic in how I spent my money and the things that we were leaning into. I took a big chance on saying, I think we need to really lean into brand because we're doing something that nobody is doing. And I spent a lot of money on a PR company and it paid off because we got a lot of interest. We got a lot of leads. We got a lot of people coming in and wanting to know more and raise their hands. And that led to a bigger budget, a bigger team. And so I I would say that is the likelihood Um, I've taken on more responsibility with every chance I've gotten because I believe in what we're doing. And I am fully bought in. I was on the team that felt this at the company she left to come start this. So I had a meeting before this where I said, no, the only reasons I can't sleep are when I'm thinking about how can I help us succeed and get to our goals. Or if my daughter is, you know, like punching me in the face or yelling for you know, yelling over the monitor for me. But other than that, it's how do I help make Cassie successful?
1: Yeah, I love that. And I love how you came in as a sole marketer, and you already had this content, which I think a lot of new marketers join a company that has content, and they're still like, we need to create new stuff, right? But there's already a lot of content maybe sitting there at their disposal. And what they don't do is go through it and find those themes and find those threads and think about strategically, how can you start to use that, like pull out those pieces that are usable instead of creating net new. What do you think about that? Like, that's probably something that not a lot of folks do when they come on brand new.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people come on and say, let's blow it all up and do something crazy and different, right? You see that with lots of marketing leaders, not even, you know, getting into content, but you come in and you, you say, let's try something different because I'm here and there's somebody new, but there is value in understanding what happened before and what worked, especially from a content perspective, like sure, marketing campaigns can change and you can make big sweeping changes to what that looks like. But when I think about everything that goes into content and how content is used across formats and channels and teams, it is a disservice to yourself to not go through and see and understand what exists before you because you're creating more work for yourself. And they there are a lot of instances where a content marketer is a solo person and you don't have a writer. And so you are writing and you are creating and you are videoing, you are recording yourself or recording others and turning that into content. And if you had found, oh, actually there was a blog post or a video that already existed that covered this topic that you could use to redistribute or re-promote or use in a new way. You know, there's lots of different things you can do with these different things. It could have saved you time. It could have saved you sanity. And it gives you a better understanding of everything that happened before you coming in and thinking you don't need to understand what exists and what you've written about is, you know, a bit arrogant, right? Because how else are you going to learn the ins and outs of what this business thought was important before you?
1: Yeah. I think there's something to be said about, like, don't skip that part. Like, look to see what worked, look to see what's been done already and you can make it better, Right. By pulling out those threads that matter. And like, you know, that's how you make it better, I think, by using it in the right channels and the right places and pulling out the key messages, prioritizing what you're going to
0: say. hundred percent. And I think like you should always be looking at refreshing things anyways. Right. Like this obsession we have with net new is strange and weird and i don't understand it because it's never been how i operate if i can take messaging and i can rework it and reuse it i'm going to do that instead of staring at a blank page and so i think it makes a lot of sense i think a challenge that people face and maybe why they don't get into that is there's not an easy way to find the content and to digest it in fact when i started in marsys there was no way to catalog or see all of the content except for going back through every single page in wordpress And so I did that manually so that I could pull out every piece of content and we as a content team could create a map of these are the topics that exist. These are the things that are happening. These are the common threads that we see. Was it awful? Yes. But did it help us with planning future and looking at things that we had? Yeah. Does Casted help with that? Yes. So now? Yes. Like the catalog? Yep. Okay. That's what I thought. We have a search capability, so you can actually just search topics, but the themes is really where that kind of shines. So you can actually create themes and do that. If you don't know what themes exist, that might be problematic, but that's where you can search for keywords and find different things.
1: Okay. Love it. All right. Well, with the time that we have left, maybe you can share, let's just squeeze this one in if possible. Can you think of like one really good creative marketing idea that you or your team has come up with recently?
0: Yeah, I love what we're doing with the road show. I think that's pretty creative um, and different. You don't see that a lot. But I think one fun thing that we have come up with, which is really not, you know, in the the typical format is we're going to do something called marketing therapy. That's going to be our next show. And it's going to be like came a lot from, you know, talking about the problems that marketers face, the challenges that we have and the ways that we're solving them. So we're going to actually um, we're going to four events in the next month, which sounds crazy because it is. And we're going to be on the floor just trying to talk to people, trying to talk to marketers about some of the problems that they're facing. And we're going to try to turn that into an actual show where every road show we talk to people, we get that. And then we actually have them back on a show where we can kind of talk about like this is the problem that you faced these are the things that you felt, how did you solve it? Because other people have set in the shoes, other people have seen these things. We started a channel here, just we have a lot of marketers who float across the business, not just on our team, that's marketing PTSD, just to say like, I've had someone say to me, oh, a blog post should only take you two hours to write. And you're like, are you kidding me? Or all of the crazy things that people say and the reasons that they don't make sense, right? And I think that's a pretty fun and creative idea. And every marketer that we've talked to about, you know, joining us on it and doing some of the things I've been really excited about the opportunity to talk about problems and solutions to hopefully help someone else who might be sitting in that seat.
1: I love that like I think that marketers are therapists because you're working with people and you're honestly that's what it is like marketing is therapy for folks that are like please help me figure out what you're doing like help bring this awareness to people help me like there's so many problems within marketing and it's changed so much. And yet it's a people thing, right? It's people that are buyers. So a lot hasn't really changed. So, and it's, yeah, that sounds exciting.
0: Yeah. So it's gonna be fun. We're we're trialing it first at the show we're going to next week and we're actually giving out um, instead of a traditional one pager, if you come up to the booth, you get a prescription. So if you do therapy with us, we have a prescription for you for a content marketer, for how you can kind of get out of this rut. And we have a little purple cat mascot. So it's like signed by Podcat, So it's fun.
1: Oh, that's so cool. What is the conference or event that you're going to be at? Uh, we're going to B2BMX. Okay, awesome. Well, I am so excited for you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Holly. We talked through a lot. I have a lot of highlights in my notes about all the cool things. Like, I've been taking notes, I'm listening to this, and I'm like nodding my head. And you were able to kind of like uncover things that I'm either talking to people about or, you know, I have questions about, like, how do you do this? I know I'm doing this. I know I believe in something, but like, how do you actually make it? work for those that don't necessarily believe in it or have a hard time like convincing others that are not working closely with with like podcasting for example or content marketing for example. So, thank you for being on the show. Loads of gold nuggets on here and if anybody wants to reach Holly, you can find her on LinkedIn, Holly Pels. and to find out more about Casted, you can go to casted.us. And Holly, I want to say one more time, thank you so much for taking the time with me. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Anna. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening.